Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Hey, Sue. Hi, Tom. Welcome back to the third episode together of Culture Bites. Thank you. We're on a roll. We are indeed. And last time we were together, we mentioned in passing about what do people do when there's a kind of non-congruent LSI profile. So someone's thinking may come up constructive, but how people experience their behavior could be quite defensive. Mm-hmm. And I told you to hold your thought on that because it made a... I've a, held it. It made a good, <laughs> a good another episode, so we're here now. So I'd love to explore this idea because, you know, I've come across some of these as well where what the person's saying to themselves maybe is quite different from how they seem to be showing up to other people. So I'd love to get your insight and advice on where do you go when you see a debrief like this and maybe what are some questions to ask or ideas to explore? Mm-hmm. So, of course, the the start of the debrief would be exactly the same. So still rapport building will be particularly interesting to see whether any pointers to what might show up in the LSI2 pop up in conversation okay. or not. So that would be interesting. And they invariably do mm. to a degree. Approaching debriefing the LSI1 exactly the same way as we discussed in the last episode, constructive cluster, it's obviously a reflection of their intent. So then what becomes really interesting is when you've, you've reached the end of debriefing the LSI1 and you're going to integrate the LSI2, that they may not be expecting mm. a strongly defended LSI2 profile. And it can be a really strong reaction point mm. for them. So being sensitive to the strength of that reaction and how they're feeling and what they're thinking. So that would be my starting point with the questions that I would ask. So would you go through, you'd still go through the LSI one first, so go through their Absolutely. own thinking first and Absolutely. explore some of those questions around, you know, why did you score yourself a one, not a two, mm-hmm. even if it's really constructive, mm-hmm. looking at those outcomes as well, so yes. their satisfaction Satisfaction items. items, any themes that have cropped up, definitely exactly the same approach for the LSI one. When you go to transition to the LSI two, mm. so you mentioned how like it's it's a blind spot. So we, we have our Chahari window at the back, but, yes. but it's a blind spot. So they maybe don't, won't see that, you know, they think they're quite constructive, but other people seeing them quite differently. Mm-hmm. So it's probably going to be surprising for them. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of transition from one to the other? How do you go into that? So then there needs to be a natural bridge between finishing off the LSI 1 part of the debrief and introducing mm. the LSI 2. So my first piece of advice is to keep the LSI1 profile open and visible because you probably will find particularly when you've got this lack of congruency between the one and two that you're going to be referencing back to what's getting in the way of the people who've given feedback having this experience of a constructive intent, which is essentially what you're seeing in a constructive profile in the LSI1. So. I always keep the LSI one open and visible, the profile, Mm. just moved a little bit away so that you can see it clearly. But firstly, saying something like, we've we've explored the LSI 
one in detail, are you ready to have a look at the feedback that your respondents have given you? Mm. Okay. It's so, pretty yep, rare for somebody uh, to am. say no. No, of course they're going to say <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a rhetorical question. Yeah, of course I'm dying to yeah. say yeah. Okay, so let's have a look. And you open it up and give them a moment to digest. And, of mm. course, given the, the strength of the constructive in their LSI1 profile, they will probably be having quite a strong reaction. Mm. So you need to give them time to have that reaction, not jump on them straight away. Do you know for what do you see here or uh-huh. just to so just leave them some just silence leave them and space. leave them silence and space and by the way Australian New Zealand stats for feeling compelled to put something into the silence it's 8 seconds right so that's really interesting and as a debriefer you really need to manage that yourself let the silence sit mm. because it's processing time and mm. particularly if somebody's got a strongly constructive LSI 1 and all of a sudden they're looking at a strongly defended LSI 2, they're going to be processing. Yeah, so give them that time. Mm. And so so you've given them that time and they may just start talking. They may. At that point, Mm. right, themselves, Mm. their own volition. Do you get people, because it can be a shock, so I guess do you get people kind of pushing back, oh, well, I asked the wrong person, you know what, this team don't even know me anyway, like, those kind of resistances at that point? Not always, but you could do. Mm. Yes. So if generally if I find that somebody is trying to push back a little on what they're seeing, I might I might ask them which style of the circumplex their comments do they think they're coming from? Mm. That can give them another point of reflection. Mm. Mm. I'd ask them what was the basis for choosing the people that they chose as respondents. Mm. And if they're saying, oh, it's people whose who's feedback I valued, you know, mm. I mean, it sort of answers their own question, yeah, do you right. know, and it really shows up that they're just trying, they're not happy mm. with um, the feedback they've received mm. and they're trying to divert away mm. perhaps mm. from it. So people use all different sorts of diversionary tactics and it's a matter of just gently pulling them back to to what this is actually telling them. Yeah. Because remember, it's not saying you are ineffective. Uh-huh. It's saying that the way people are experiencing you is coming at a cost to them. Mm, okay. And it's likely coming at a cost to you as well because you're not getting everything that you potentially could do. Something's getting in the way of them experiencing all of the strength in that constructive intent that showed up in your LSI 1. Is it often, Sue, that you see like completely polar opposite profiles or is there usually some themes that are crossing over between the two? Mm, I wouldn't say often. There are always things that cross over between the two, which is why with the differences, it's really important to explore the LSI 1 item by item table and the LSI 2 item by item table. Uh. So you can you can go right down to item level to say, okay, there's consistency between my thinking in this item and my behavior in that item. Mm. And then there are a whole swag of other items where it's inconsistent mm. between my thinking and behavior. Uh. So why is that? What is it that sort of triggers that? So it's a I do find that if there's a disconnect and they're not congruent to the LSI 1 and the LSI 2, 
that I frequently will look at the item by item pages of side both. by side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, where else would you go? Because I guess they're they're going to be scrambling for an explanation or something a little, right? So. Mm. So what's kind of your next step, sir? I always will look at what's the standard deviation. Okay, so what's the so spread the of... So the spread of opinion and the breakout reports because there might be something really significant that shows up there as well, that they're showing up very differently between groups. So, for example, they might be showing up constructively with their direct reports mm. but highly defensively with their peers, with yeah. associates and with their superior. Yeah, so it could be, yeah in their peer group. So if it's a bunch of leaders or something mm. who come together, well, I'm going to war mm. <laughs> with, I'm in sales, I'm going to war with marketing and operations or something. Mm. Mm. But within sales, we get on like a house on fire. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, I'm going to protect my people I'm at all costs sort people. of thing. Yeah. And I guess that's important because, well, now you're focusing in on, okay, well, how are we showing up particularly in that peer group? Mm. And that's can drive some of that conversation. It absolutely can. And I would always be exploring through asking questions like, give me an example of an interaction with people in this group that you might see that they've interpreted your behaviour this way. Uh, so it's getting them to come up with the example. and Yeah. So it's, it's, starting, it's raising that awareness. It is. Right? I mean, that's what it is. Well, it's getting them to tell their story. I yeah. mean, you haven't been there as a debriefer. You've not been there to observe that interaction. So the only one... The only source of information you've got available to you is them. Right. So getting them to reflect on, think of a conversation perhaps that you may have had with your boss that your boss could have interpreted this way oh. and tell me how that went. Oh. Or let's say a boss has got a low achievement, high dependent score. It, I might ask something like, if your boss has given you a piece of work to do, what do you say? when you take that completed work back to them. Yeah. So, for example, an introductory statement coming from the dependent space might sound like, I've completed this piece of work that you gave me, what do you think? Yeah. Sort of waiting for the boss's view, do you know? And the same conversation from the achievement style might go along the lines of, I've completed this piece of work, these are the options I considered and this is my preferred option because. Yeah. So it's it's a combination of what they say and the way they say it as well that leads to that person's interpretation. So in this case, Sue, is it more, if we're saying the outside one is their intention, mm. it's how they think. Mm -hmm. so, so sometimes I think of skill and will. Mm. So is this more, we've got the will, we want to be constructive, mm -hmm. right? That's how we're talking to ourselves and how we're thinking. Maybe it's in the skill of translating that it's not coming across. Absolutely. So is it? So you're looking more at that the how I suppose you're doing these things mm -hmm. and where that might be going astray is is that on the money? That's, it that's is. the options I'm putting out there, Sue. What yeah, do you think? <laughs> I, 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 definitely, you're looking at the how. You're looking at the what, what you say. Mm. The how is how you say it, mm. <laughs> and the why. Mm. Why are you saying it differently? I'm thinking of a breakout profile that I saw from a client quite some time ago where he was absolutely shocked that it was heavily defended in the aggressive defensive oh. cluster. And so my question in relation to that was, talk to me about this, this team. Who are they, these people? Uh -huh. They were under the others 
category. And he said, oh, they're a geographically dislocated team. And I said, different state, different country. So we determined where they actually were. And I said, so how frequently do you see them? And is it electronic or is it face-to-face? He'd never visited them face-to-face. That was the first thing. The second thing was it was always electronic and the way that he, he was their manager and the way that he actually introduced each electronic meeting that they had was straight to task and then surprise. And the, the, you could see as he was describing how he interacted with them, he was like, I don't even really know these people and they don't really know me because all we're ever doing is talking about, right, we've got half an hour together. This is the agenda. Boom, 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 boom. And he said um, it was quite interesting, you know, when it came to thinking about what he might like to do about it. He said, I think it's time I paid them a visit. Mm. Simple. Yeah. 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 And and that's the, like, he didn't intend to come across necessarily as all task, but no, <laughs> invariably but he did. Yeah. But he was. Yeah. yeah. And so his intention, as it showed up in his LSI1, highly constructive. That mm. wasn't their experience of him. Mm. So. Where else would you go, Sue, with this when there's that gap, particularly with certain subgroups? How would you handle that if there's a particular group that really sees you differently? Mm. Always exploring, give me an example of interactions. Mm. Because, as I said, it's their story. You can't give an example. Mm. They have to give an example of the types of interactions that they have. And... And the why of it is quite interesting. So if you're looking at peers and associates, let's say, and there's a strong spike in competitive, you might want to explore what the performance matrix are. Do you know, does that set up a competitive edge, mm. do you know, between peers? So, there are so all what's going of, on in the system? In and the so system, on. yeah, mm. exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. What about, so if you ask them, you know, what's an example you think of this and they draw a blank, they're mm. like, you know what, so I can't think of a single time that I would have come across as power oriented mm. or whatever. If they say that, I will say probably something like, let's say they're talking about their boss. Mm. I'll say, pretend I'm your boss mm. and you've been working on a project for me and you're coming in to give me a weekly report. Uh-huh. What are you going to say to me? So I give them another go mm. and to, just to see if they can sort of start to articulate it. And then as they hear it, it's quite incredible when people hear things, uh, do you know, they'll go, oh, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. What, what about on, on that same note, So Say you explored it but got to the end. Could a homework be for the person to, hey, just notice it? Yeah. Between now and next time we meet, so in, you know, t- two to four weeks or whenever it is, mm-hmm. just not note down or whatever when you're having interactions. If you notice any of these styles creeping up mm-hmm. when you're doing it, write it down or something. It's, Absolutely, can be really helpful to write down what they hear themselves saying, mm. how they feel, mm. who they're with, mm. can be very right, very. That could be the yep basis. Yes, absolutely. That helps with being able to do a little bit of analysis and look for themes. So, for example, when they're going to their boss to have a conversation, do they start to feel anxious? Uh-huh. And does that anxiety then get translated into 
behavior. Questioning the validity of their point of view. And mm. so maybe coming from the dependent style as opposed to the achievement style. Mm. Yeah. Which the bosses interpreted that way as well. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so it's noticing. And I think, because this is the power of the LSI, is that it's raising awareness, mm. first and foremost. And I know for myself, I remember doing the LSI and, and you know, had, had a few defensive extensions. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> as, as do most people. And you can't like, oh, nah. But then when you go away, you can't help but notice when you do it now. Because now it's been pointed out. It's like when you buy the, you know, the Mazda 3 car or whatever, then you notice how many Mazda 3s there are on the road. Exactly. They're everywhere. And there's one's the exact same color as my car and you never noticed it before. Mm-hmm. But now that it's been pointed out to you or it's, it's relevant to you because now you have one, you can't help but notice it. Just so, wait until you've got your little one. Yeah. Babies everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I've already noticed um, I became a stroller expert, so I've, <laughs> I noticed all the strollers around and what make they are and so on. <laughs> but that's right. So once you're aware of something, suddenly you become aware of those examples too. Mm. So, so it could be if they're really drawing a blank, you know, homework is to notice mm. and then come back next time and let's keep exploring it. Absolutely. And also that what they say and the way they say it, because it might not be both. It might not be what they say. It might be the way they say it. Mm. Yes. So around language. Yes. Yeah. That focus around language and noticing language around language. powerful. Incredibly really powerful. powerful. Yeah. And people often don't realize the language they are using. No. Like, do you realize you just said something can be an interesting uh, thing to point out to someone? Yeah. And I notice as well, if somebody has a really strong people orientation default mm. and they're low on achievement, mm. often in their language, they'll constantly say, we, mm. we've done this even and we've done them. that, <laughs> even though it's only their work. Yeah. And so. I'm not an advocate for megalomania here. However, <laughs> we is incredibly important if there is a we. Right. So if it's a team effort, it's inclusive, it's acknowledging, and it's really, really important. Mm. It comes from the affiliative space. Mm. But if there is no we and it's only their work, then they're giving away ownership of their own work. Yeah. So how can people in t- remember that it's other people's perception of their behavior and it's based on what people see and hear yeah. from the person. So how can they interpret it as achievement-focused if they're giving away ownership mm. of their own stuff? Mm. It's quite fascinating. And people know, people actually do notice that they do. as well, yeah. If you ask that question, do you say we a lot when you're talking about people? Go, I never say, say that, that all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Do you know? So we when we is warranted. Mm but I when I is warranted yeah. as well. So it's the reality. <laughs> it is important. Yeah. Yes. I had another question. And now I'm drawing a blank on examples. So oh, that's what it was. So some of it's around language and stuff, but can there be a skill gap as far as like the example that came to my mind was there might be like a new manager, mm. really constructive thinking pattern. I want to get people involved. We want to achieve things with and through people. Mm-hmm. But maybe I don't know how to delegate, mm. right? And because there's a bit of a skill to it. I, I actually don't know how to do that, how to have that conversation with you 
and get you involved. So what I what ends up happening is I either tell you what to kind of do, which is more a directive than a delegation, mm-hmm. or I don't really know how to do it, so I'll just hold on to it and do it myself. So people see that as kind of power style. And or perfectionistic. And or perfectionistic. Mm. But but actually, that's not my intent. I just don't know how to do this stuff. Mm. So that's that kind of skill gap again. Mm. Yeah, good question. So when somebody is um, new to a role, particularly if they've stepped into take over a team that's been in trouble, mm. let's say six months down the track, they've done an LSI, they've got this strong constructive intent in their LSI 1, but the LSI 2 showing strong spikes in power, Mm. then frequently the experience of the people who've responded has been that they have been told what they're doing, Mm. what they have to do, how they have to do it. And so they're forgetting the importance of affiliative and don't forget that power sits opposite affiliative. Mm. Do you know? Mm. So building those relationships, building trust, foundational role of of a leader with the Mm, team, building mm. trust, being willing to delegate, trusting that they've got it, even though they've struggled in the past. So they they really have to work to find a balance between an old team culture, putting a new foundation underneath Mm. it so that the old culture doesn't just keep on keeping on. Mm. And finding the balance between hands-on, hands-off. Mm. And it might be it might be that they needed to have that extension in power during that process. So it's one of the styles where we say visit but don't take up residence. Uh, yeah, it's like when your kid's about to touch the hot element. Yes, exactly. It's not time for a coaching. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's going to learn a lot when he touches that. You know, he's going to learn for himself. It's, exactly it's right. to get them in line. Exactly right. So, <laughs> so yes, it's been – Necessary, what would be really telling is that the retest, Mm. do you know, if it's still showing up. And and, sometimes, sorry, finish that thought. Oh, I was just going to say, is it still showing up? And if so, why is it still showing up? If it's not there in intent, why is it still showing up in behavior? And and the other way around that I've posed that question is when someone's just moved to a team and maybe they go to the passive styles a little more because I feel like I've got to get along with people and Mm -hmm. stuff like this stay on people's good side because I'm new here. Mm-hmm. So that I get it when you're new, but you're not going to be new forever. So how do we move beyond that? How do, What does that look like? Mm. Um, so you do often see a spike independent when somebody's new to a role, new to a team, new to an organization. Mm. Why do we see that? Because they're busy checking in, am I meeting expectations? Mm. Probably checking in a lot more yep. than they might normally. It might even show up in their LSI 1. As well, but mm. definitely shows up in the LSI too. And again, it's at retest. Mm. Is it still there? And if it's still there, why is it still there if it's not part of their intent? So it's really exploring that gap between intent and impact. Yeah. And constantly coming back to what information do people have to give feedback to you from? Yeah. And it's what you say, the way you say it in direct interaction with them or how they observe you interacting with other people. Yeah. The other thing you can bring in here, so if they're not seeing it and not getting those examples, is actually MAPS or the Management Effectiveness Profiling System. Yes. So 
this is a tool we have in there. She doesn't require accreditation. You can you can just use it off the shelf. And it's mainly looking at those skills, management mm. skills. Because in a lot of ways, if if you get a good BEP score about, you know, I know how to delegate, I know how to set goals, you know, I'm doing this really well, then you can almost guarantee that they're going to have a constructive LSI too as yes. well because people are going to experience those skills and that approach. And if they're experiencing it defensively, then MEPS can actually help identify some of those, what are the actual skill areas that maybe as a manager I'm, I'm not hitting and could do with a little improvement. So. Mm. I agree. It's a really good tool. And maybe that's a topic for another podcast. Could be, yeah. It's one we don't probably use or promote enough, but yeah, it's actually really useful for, for new managers or, or even just managers in general, actually. Mm, mm. Um, seeking maybe feedback. even a PD event in the making. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Sue. Well, thanks for your time today. What I'd love to do on, on the next episode together would be to look at almost the flip side of this conversation. So sure. today we've talked about someone with a constructive LSI 1 but defensive LSI 2. I'd love to do it the other way around. So someone who's quite hard on themselves, mm. but everyone else thinks they're a, a rock star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you up great. for that? Absolutely up for that. Beautiful. Right, I'll see you on the next podcast. Okay, bye now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.